and welcome to the Scottish Mountain Bike Gathering 2020. I'm Graham McLean, I'm the Head of Developer Mountain Biking in Scotland um, and I'm delighted to be joined by three panellists today which are for what, what, one of the sessions that I'm especially looking forward to um, today. I, I think um, this session is looking at, and we know that there's going to be, there's, as a result of COVID, um, the bike sales have gone through the roof. There's going to be so many more people accessing our sport, coming into our sport, um, uh, enjoying it and looking to use the outdoors. That is going to have an impact though. So how do we start this, begin this conversation into how do we start to look at um getting those people into sport, keeping them in our sport, um, keeping them being active, keeping them enjoying it, but not having and trying to minimise um, our cumulative impact into the outdoors through promotion of responsible access. Um, and today I'm delighted by joining by three panellists who I think will give us great insight into this and really help us begin this discussion and help frame our education going forward, I hope. Um, so I'll introduce um, our, our panellists now, or, or actually I'll give you, give you their name and, and I'm sure they can introduce themselves. So first of all, um, I'm going to go to Bridget uh, Finton from Nature Scott. Bridget, can you introduce yourself and, and a bit of background to Nature Scott as well, please? So do you want the, the, my whole kind of introduction or just a wee, a wee snippet for now? Go, go, um, a wee snippet and then we'll go around everybody with wee snippets and then we'll do the whole one. Right, you are. Um, so, yeah, Bridget Finton, I work for Nature Scott, formerly known as Scottish Natural Heritage. Um, we're a government agency uh, established, uh, gosh, from early nine, in the early 90s. Um, our remit is essentially nature conservation, landscape and public enjoyment. And I work uh, within the People and Places team. I'm a national uh, policy um, and advice officer and I work near uh, one of our offices well yes I work <laughs> in one of our offices which is near Perth but clearly working at home at the moment um, so the kind of things that I'm involved in are issues to do with the recreation and access to the outdoors um, I've worked with developing mountain biking in Scotland for uh, quite a number of years because um, uh, we funded the establishment of um, DMB in S. Um, but at the moment, most of my time is spent um, developing Nature Scott's health agenda. And um, we are the lead uh, government agency developing uh, an initiative called our Natural Health Service. So there in a nutshell is, um, is what, who I am and where I come from. Brilliant. Thanks, Bridget. Um, yeah, it, no, th that's really useful. Not sure it was the short snippet, uh, but <laughs> uh, you got there. And, um, yeah, just um, our, our other, other uh, panellists today, uh, Aoife Glass, um, an esteemed journalist. Aoife, can you give us a bit of an introduction to yourself? And, and let's not worry about it being we or big, just, just let it flow and we'll see where it gets to. <laughs> Um, hi everyone, um, so my name is Aoife, I'm a mountain bike journalist and freelance content creator. Um, I produce uh, content I write for a number of different titles in the UK, including MBUK, BikeRadar.com, uh, Wide Open Magazine, um, SingleTracks.com, Cycling Plus, T3, Fit and Well, um, Huck Magazine. Um, prior to that, I was, deputy, I was a deputy editor of Total Women's Cycling and women's editor on BikeRadar.com. And before that, uh, I used to work at the Natural History Museum uh, in public engagement and uh, education. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Eva. Uh, great introduction. And, and over to yourself, Phil. 
Hi, uh, can you hear me, Graham? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so yeah, I'm Phil Whitfield. I'm the National Visitor Services Manager with Forestry and Land Scotland. Uh, I've been involved in mountain bike developments and management for many, many years, more years than I'd care to remember, I suppose. Um, along with Graham, I sit on the National Access Forum as well. Um, and uh, yeah, very keen to be involved in this session. So thanks. Great. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think what we'll do is we'll just we'll just go into the sort of body of, of the chat today. And, and as I mentioned in the kind of intro as well, there I think we have seen a, a, a number of people selling bikes. I think our trail centres um, have seen a, a real increase in the number of users. I think our um, wider countryside and our parks have seen a lot more people walking and on bikes. Um, so how do you think we're going to maintain this momentum, and how will we continue to increase participation um, in our sport? Um, I'll go first to Phil from Forestry and Land Scotland. What's your take on this? Uh, well, I think it's been um, a, a really eventful year. It's been a challenging year for many of us managing um, a, uh, recreation sites. Of course, it's been a challenging year for the whole the whole world. But yeah, for, for managing a, a huge boost in visitor numbers has been really stretching for our teams. But yeah, we're now starting to draw breath. And I think, um, you know, we've really got to take the positives out of, out of what has been an exceptional year in access to the countryside. As you say, so many people have um, started to walk, bike, um, uh, enjoy the outdoors in, in, in ways that, that either they never did before or that they're doing in, in greater numbers or, 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 or for more time. So absolutely, I think, um, uh, we need to maintain the momentum. This is really good news for people's health and well-being. It's really good news for the, uh, the local visitor economies around Scotland. Um, and absolutely, we need to we need to, to to continue to welcome them. There's lots of sort of uh, work going on just now to sort of figure out what we need to do to basically manage all the visitor pressures. I was just on the the call, um, the, 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 the one in, in for, uh, the previous session on Fort William. And of course, camper vans came up there. There's many things that are, are, are needing to be looked at in terms of, of managing the visitor pressures more generally. They're not bike specific, but you know, um, uh, bikers arrive in places uh, often in, in vehicles. Um, active travel obviously is a really important thing. We want to try and get people using their local forests and, and outdoor spaces more often as well. Um, but yeah, I think uh, um, if there is a, a, a sort of key message it is that we've got to make um, our sites um, accessible and attractive to new users, new users and to folk that are just coming into the sport. The folks like me and Graham who are old crusties who have been riding our bikes for many, many, many years. Um, we're not the target audience. We've got to remember that, you know, um, the, the, the sort of challenges that new users coming to the sport, um, uh, you know, they're not new. We've, 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 we've been thinking about entry level experiences uh, before, but I think 2020 really makes us focus uh, really, really closely on those entry level experiences because, you know, we, for the sport to thrive, it needs to be recruiting new users it's not all about um you know looking after folks that have been at it for years and are at the top end of their game so yeah um, just double underlines the need to to look at entry level experiences and look after those people in their 
early years of, of, of coming into the sport. And not everybody's got a load of money to spend. So, you know, we're not talking about folk with, with really plush bikes and uh, the ability to um, perhaps uh, get individual coaching sessions. We're going to make it really easy and accessible for people. That's great. And Aoife, just same sort of question on to yourself. I mean, I've seen, I think most of us have seen huge, huge increases of people out on the trails, not just on the trails, but in your local woods, on your local bridle paths. And I've seen every conceivable age of rider, every conceivable state of bike. There's been bikes that have clearly not seen the light of day in a shed for the last, let's not even think about how many years, people are dragging out and starting to use, which is fantastic to see. Um, and so I think that we've, we've got this sudden influx of people who are looking for something to do that was outdoorsy, something that would give perhaps their families, um, you know, uh, an activity that they could all do together, or perhaps it's groups of friends who would normally do something else and they're now riding together. Um, if we want to keep those numbers, we need to find out what it is that they need to, to what they need and want from the experience. What are they looking to achieve um, from, from their riding experience. What do they need to know? What don't they know currently that would improve their experience? But I think also there's a question there about um, the people that maybe aren't coming yet. So if we wanna grow this, we need to find out, okay, well, who are the groups that we're not seeing out here? Why are we not seeing them here? And how can we reach them as well? So there's an opportunity here to address some of the diversity and equality questions as well within within mountain biking as well as as welcoming the people who've already discovered it into the fold great and on to yourself bridget and then i'm going to come back and just probably ask a little further question just based on what Eva was saying there but on to yourself bridget maintaining momentum and um, yeah. continuing to grow Okie dokie. Well, uh, as I mentioned, part of nature scott's remit is um encouraging people to uh, enjoy the outdoors um, we advised um, Scottish Government on access legislation, gosh, and that, that um, came, came into effect uh, in the early 2000s. And this is a, a, such a fantastic um, advantage that, that Scotland has in terms of the right of responsible access. So it means that, well, lockdown arrived and, and um, people were... Um, allowed, able through our, our access legislation to, to, to explore and use and, and enjoy and um, get benefit from um, taking uh, exercise outdoors. Um, it's absolutely brilliant to see that, it's, that increase in use. Um, and it's, it's, I'm sure, a reflection of, of uh, a shift from indoor <coughs> and exercise. Um, to the outdoors and especially local places and spaces and I think that's that's for many people that's um, uh, ignited a, a greater appreciation uh, of their local green spaces and places and access networks that they, they, they're, um, they're discovering and also a great, greater appreciation of the personal benefits that taking um, visits to the outdoors um, those benefits that, that arise in terms of physical and mental health. Um, Nature Scott's been surveying uh, use of um, uh, the outdoors from just after relaxation of the, of the, the main lockdown period. So um, uh, 
the, the, the basic headline uh, stat is that um, the survey that we undertook in September of this year, 80% um, of adults said that they'd visited the outdoors at least once a week dur um, during that survey period. Um, and that compares with 64% um, uh, uh, visiting the outdoors at least once a week that um, were recorded in August uh, of last year. So um, clearly large, yeah, a, a significant increase. Um, and those new users, primarily walking and cycling. Um, we've, we've, we have picked up in, in some of the survey work um, that there have been some um, unfortunate consequences of perhaps new users, you know, used to taking their exercise maybe indoors or team sports and, um, and uh, SNH, sorry, Nature Scott um, was tasked with leading a, uh, leading a working group, um, which pulled together uh, the main um, environmental agencies and, and Sport Scotland. And um, we were tasked with coordinating messages about responsible behavior. Um, but those messages were also very much about encouraging more use and, and clearly uh, taking advantage of access legislation, uh, the fantastic managed sites, but also wider countryside. And, um, but yeah, those messages about responsible use, not leaving litter um, uh, are very important to get across. I should perhaps say that that working group that I mentioned, um, uh, I'm told there were no significant concerns raised in terms of mountain biking usage, which, which was really heartening. Um, and I put credit to developing mountain biking in Scotland a lot for helping us to put those messages about enjoy the outdoors, but, um, but yes, don't, um, don't cause problems in, in doing so. So good credit well, to you. That, that, that's good to hear and we'll, we'll explore some of those just if there has been negative impacts to, 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 in a minute but I, I think um, actually I, I quite like the kind of, kind of kind of some of the questions that you raised there as well and, and looking at this from a real sort of person-centered perspective as mm -hmm. well and looking at it for new people coming in or a little bit of, of if we know people who haven't come into the sport yet uh, if we're looking at them do we have any insights uh, either for, through your publications and things or, or through Bridget and, and Phil through your organizations as well do we have any insights as to what experiences those new people are looking for and doing it could be a range but I'm happy to explore that and um, just so that there's sort of because I think there's a danger like Phil says of of people who have been in it for a while to imagine that everybody's mm. looking for the same experiences that they're in and slightly forgetting where they started a little bit because it was so long ago. Apologies, Phil. But anyway, yeah, back into that person-centred approach as well, Eva. Um, do you have any insights through your magazines on that? So it's an interesting one. I think, and this is, I think this is going to come up again later when we're talking about communicating messages. Um, much as I love the magazines I work for, they are very much catering pretty much to an established market. They're catering to people who are already into mountain biking, immersed in the culture and in the community of mountain biking, and probably kind of already know most of the, this sort of information and best behavior that we want people to display. Whether or not they follow it, that's another question. Um, for new users, I mean, we, we're potentially talking about people who don't necessarily even know that what they're riding is called a mountain bike, 
that the thing they're riding on is called a trail, that there are these things called trail centers where you can go and ride your mountain bike a bit like a, I guess, like a ski resort almost only for mountain bikes. Um, and what, what you do when you get there. So there's a lot of, um, in sort of general media, you're seeing more and more articles all over the place, mainstream media, fitness and health media, um, saying things like, oh, you know, it's lockdown. It's really important to get out and um, get outside, get some fresh air, it will boost your mental health, your physical health. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and that's great. So, and everyone goes, okay, what can I do? I've got my bike, I'll go ride my bike. Um, and yeah, hopefully they'll, they'll sort of Google places to ride my bike and it might come up with a trail center or you know in Scotland because you have that wonderful access you can pretty much ride it anywhere which is fantastic um but I feel like maybe that next step isn't being catered for that really and as you mentioned it before that really essential information of what do I do when I get there what do I expect what do I need to bring with me you know is there going to be facilities are there going to be facilities for my kids can I get a sandwich are there bins that, you know, what do I need to bring to look after myself and the environment I'm riding in while I'm there? And I don't think that mainstream bike media caters to that. Um, I know from the various um, women's outdoors and adventure groups that I follow on social media, so very grassroots levels, and through um, some of the cycling, again, mostly women's cycling groups that I follow on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, that there are more questions of, um, the questions that are coming up are, I want to take my kids for a bike ride, where can I go? You know, how do I find out where to ride with my bikes? What do I need to bring with me to, to do that? Um, I wanna go and sort of meet my friends, where can we, where can we ride? So I think if we're going to, if we want to sort of get some of these messages across, we can't rely on traditional media, traditional bike media. It has a place within it, but that can't be the only method we use because it's not going to reach these new users. Yeah, and and, and Phil and Bridget, have, 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 have we? I mean, I guess it is quite a, it's quite a tricky kind of subject to explore. But do we have any insight into that kind of what those new users are like lo looking for or what they're doing? And Phil, have you seen increased usage at your sites? And um, are any feedback from that? Yeah, we have. But I think that you know this this the survey work that uh, Nature Scott have done this year is is really powerful. And I think um, we you know because people have had to stay local. Um, that has meant that they've explored their local environment uh, and their local forest, particularly uh, perhaps more than they would have done otherwise. But also, you know, being local means that, you know, it makes the sport much more inclusive. So I think, you know, if we, if we take the, the view that, that everybody starts at the trail center, I think that's, that's, that's not been the experience of this year. Um, people have got, got out on their bike uh, into their woods and, and have just started doing something. So, Yes, they might they might now visit a trail centre um, in the future and develop their their skills and their sport, but I think we've got to start where people start, and I I, I would agree with what you know just been said about um, you know thinking about where people go for their information. You know, we, we know that um, some of the problem behaviours we've had in the countryside, not to do with biking this year, but but other behaviours, you know. The, those sort of audiences are not going to the Nature Scott um, uh, um, and, and uh, Scottish Outdoor Access Code website. You know, that, that's, that's not where they find their information. So we've got to go to where they're getting their information. But I think, you know, we need to, 
to just go with the grain of this. I think there's a danger that people that, that we we um, we stress the need that we need to educate people. Well, actually, you don't need much education to get out there on your bike and start enjoying it. Um, we aren't seeing uh, uh, problems with with people riding their bikes um, in greater numbers this year. We're seeing only real benefits. So I think you know. Um, Let's 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 go with the grain. Let's let's make this build on the success that we've had this year, um, and and it is I think then all about progression. So folk have started out on a bike. How do we uh, encourage them to develop their love of, of of biking and mountain biking in particular? That's that's really the the next step I think. And and so entry level experiences at trail centres is is important. Um, but just encouraging cycling generally, I, I think, is, is really important. As, as the UCI comes along, you know, that's another great initiative to try to, um, and it's, of course, not just about the, the, the 2023, it's about three years before as well. So how do we build on what we've heard from 2020 towards 2023, encourage people through active travel? Um, any way to get on a bike is good. Um, so I, I think... I, I think it's 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 one of the big successes of this year, and I think if we if we 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 may be too keen to sort of look for problems and the need to educate people, but I don't really see um, huge impacts from new users that that are anything other than good. Um, yeah, and, and from yourself, Bridget, as well, Phil mentioned as well the sort of survey work that's been doing, that's been done, and I think you mentioned it as well there as well. Has there been insights into what people are looking for from those experiences as well, and, and possibly what even they might look for in the future? Do we know, know and understand that more, more of that? Um, I'm not sure that the survey work is is going to enlighten us hugely on that. Uh, we certainly. Um, asked whether they, whether uh, respondents had had um, come across any any issues of concern. Um, from memory, the only one that I re I can think of relating to cycling was um, uh, concern about um, people cycling on pavements. So clearly not sort of in the great outdoors. But um, um, my my take on what people are looking for, what people need, um, well. <laughs> I, I will continue to make the point that uh, the knowledge that you are in the outdoors by um, legal right is is extremely important. You know that that was one of the the founding sort of rationales for our access legislation, because until that point, people just weren't sure: Am I allowed to be here? Am I allowed to do this? So I think there is a, an absolute fundamental need from our our uh, side to, to make people aware that we do have access legislation. Yes, rights come with responsibilities, but in, in essence, um, yes, people are allowed to, to go there. Um, so a, a knowledge of access rights infrastructure in terms of, yeah, access networks, Phil was saying, yeah, primarily um, close to home is, is, um, is what, well, what people have discovered and um, it's such a fantastic resource. It also spreads the load, uh, <laughs> staying local. So infrastructure, information, and, and good experiences that build people's confidence, especially um, the, the, the new users. Um, in terms of where people access information, um, <laughs> uh, Phil has probably not heard this stat, but um, uh, uh, our web 
um, analytics show that the Scottish Outdoor Access Code website received between April and August, we received an amazing 360,000 web, web page views, which was up 67% uh, on the same period the previous year. So um, people were looking for uh, guidance on where can I go, what am I allowed to do? Um, and we absolutely cranked up um, our communications effort in terms of getting across messages about the code, but also some specific COVID-related messages. Um, but I think going to, well, Sport Scotland and the governing bodies of sport uh, is also a really, really important source of information. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's good. And yeah, we, we've been the same. We've definitely seen a lot more increase in, in our web traffic as well. Not sure it's 67%, but certainly a lot more people have been coming in and looking for information, looking for definitive information as well, which I think is important. Um, I mean, I just, just going into that as well, I, th I think I, I don't really want to cover ground in terms of the negative impact of this. I think I think both both yourself, Bridget and Phil have said that actually we haven't seen it. We've just seen the real benefits of doing it and things as well. However, do you think that there could be you know, just, just imagining ourselves going forward and particularly probably into next spring as well, particularly if we get a nice one and, um, uh, you know, and <laughs> these are all lining up a range of good things here <laughs> that could happen, but we get a nice spring um, and we get a, a reduction in the, the, the spread of the virus and things and we see a lot more people, which I think it could, could happen as well, accessing our virus. Do you think there's a danger of a sort of a cum cumulative impact of that uh, and some stresses and strains and particularly as people's confidence builds, um, they start to move into to wider areas and uh, uh, start to go further and longer. Is there, is there risks for that as well or, or uh, is, there, is there more opportunities as well? So, um, Aoife, I'll pick you up first for that one. Um, <clears throat> So I would say um, I should just, uh, as a little disclaimer, point out that I'm not in Scotland at the moment. I'm down in the southwest. Um, and so obviously um, my local experience of lockdown is, is different to, to what everyone in Scotland has been experiencing. Um, and I would say that there have been a few um, negatives from lockdown, um, mostly due to things like the fact that the sheer numbers of people have meant that the infrastructure has struggled um, with sort of trail centers. So you have huge numbers coming to the trail centers, car parks are overwhelmed, um, and then riders are sort of moving out more into the forest itself. We don't have the same access um, legislation. So there have been a few issues around that in the Forest of Dean. Um, but overall, it's been great to see many more people cycling. Um, <clears throat> I think one of the um, issues slash opportunities um, that, that sort of might is something that we need to look at now before it becomes a problem cumulatively um, and this is sort of switching more to um, trail mode and, and again I don't know if the situation is the same for you um, I volunteer with the local trail um, building and volunteer volunteer crew um, and because of the lockdowns we have seen a massive decrease in our funding which is normally through, through donations and also we haven't been able to dig because we're, we're in lockdown, so we can't go out and do it. And we've got a lot more traffic on the trails. So we're having a bit of a situation where the trails are eroding a bit faster and we're not able to keep up with maintaining them. Um, so, you know, there, there is a question around 
how do we manage that going forward if this if we've got these greater numbers which i would love to see i'd love to have more people staying in the sport more people discovering the outdoors more people getting into mountain biking how do we how do we make sure that um again from a from a built trail perspective that that the infrastructure is there to um make sure they can access it that their trails are in good condition and safe for them to use if we're talking about built trails um and that they have all the information they need to to go ride um safely and sustainably i mean picking up with some of the comments that phil made um you know i think i think we can sort of get bogged down into this oh you know what are the what's the right way to do it what are the rules you need to know like oh don't be a naughty mountain biker when actually it's more about giving people the knowledge and they have to to sort of have the best experience for themselves and 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 that you know i think most people don't want to cause harm they want to just have a good time and enjoy the environment and if they know how to do that they'll do it great um, and just I, I guess as well just just on that phil do you, do you have concerns managing quite a few trail centers and you you have that that those green and blue experiences and, and it's easy to moderate ones there do, do you have any concerns around the maintenance of that and is that something that concerns forestry uh, yeah i mean um a uh... Yeah, just picking up on a couple of things that, that others have said first, and I think, um, um, yeah, we, there is an infrastructure problem. Um, I said that sort of earlier, I think, that, you know, generally visitors, not just biking visitors, but there is an infrastructure problem in Scotland, um, and some of, of, of the hotspots uh, particularly uh, have been really straining this year. So, you know, but that's not a bike-specific issue. Um, uh, and and but it does need to be addressed, and and we're working with other parts of government to address that. Mr. Ewing, who you heard from earlier, is is very supportive of of trying to address those issues. Um, so yes, an increase in visitors does create strain on on the system. Um, a but an increase in 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 people getting into the sport it, it has got to be you know welcomed and. Um, but yeah, just coming back to your actual question, uh, Graham, you know, uh, are, are we concerned about um, maintenance costs and um, our ability for trail centres to adapt and, and, and particularly to focus on um, on entry level users? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we that that piece of infrastructure is creaking and, um, you know, our, our resources are limited. Um, so our ability to actually respond in terms of, of, of additional facilities is very small at the moment. Um, so yes, there, 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 is a, there is a concern there, um, uh, but uh, you know, DMBNS is, is doing great work with your strategy to, you know, to prioritize those audiences as well. And we were doing that prior to COVID. I think COVID is just, if you like, just been a catalyst to double underline the importance of, of that. No, no, no. I'd, I'd agree with I'd agree with that um, as well. And just just moving on a little bit, I guess then away from from the, that kind of impact bit, and also just into that communication bit. Well, there is, a, I think, we, you've touched up as well. It's got to be done right. I think that you must be educated doesn't really educate anyone. It sort of makes probably has the opposite impact. I think. So just you know, Bridget, you mentioned before as well that the access code had had a lot of hits to its website as well. And is there ways that we are looking and, and to do and, and we are seeing being effective in terms of educating people on the rights, but also the responsibilities as well for access to the site? 
Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's 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 uh, helpful to say that as, uh, Nature Scott has has um, uh, a program, uh, a communications program that has absolutely cranked up in terms of promoting the code. Um, we work with the National Access Forum in terms of the the um, the overall sort of steer, uh, thinking about priority audiences. Um, priority behaviors that need good clear messaging and um, there's uh, there's definitely plans afoot to, to think about um, I think young people is a is a key target audience for us at the moment and we're developing um, uh, plans for future for further communications um, but one uh, an important principle in terms of how we've promoted the code uh, over the years is that we absolutely, want to work with uh, partners, with appropriate organizations um, who know the right language to use, um, the right tone, um, thinking you know, about segmenting uh, the, the user group perhaps, you know, from, from yeah, newbies to um, family use, young people. So um, yeah, we're very, very keen to work with and through um, the governing bodies of, of sports and um, uh, networks that are able to communicate directly to the, the, the groups that, that uh, we'd like to, to help. And I think it is about helping people to, to make decisions about is, is this the right thing to do at this time, at this location? So, yeah communications need to be pitched at the right level to help people know what to look for. Um, okay, an individual going to a place thinking, oh, well, it's just me and I, I just come here, you know, once in a blue moon. But um, yeah, uh, it, it is possible to, to kind of give more guidance about, well, it is just you this time, but but uh, lots of people have been before and lots of people will come after. So um, yeah, maintenance uh, of access networks has been a constant issue um, and it's a real tough nut to crack but um, I think the point is being made better nowadays that investment is needed that recognizes the multiple benefits um, not just in terms of health and, and, uh, and uh, well-being but yeah well when when Covid has hopefully um, run its course um, that rural economies as well and, and yeah community cohesion uh, in rural areas so yeah multiple reasons to continue to, to invest I think Fergus Sewing mentioned the um, the rural investment fund infrastructure fund so yeah there are there yeah, yeah. will be we, we, would, we would echo that kind of need for investment in and you know into to, to local areas as well as, as as well as well as those kind of tourism hotspots um, as well, which you do with local people too as well. Just just staying on the communications piece as well, and I'm just wondering if as well, because as a freelance journalist and you mentioned the need to get into mainstream press, do you think as well, I, th I think I, I often find that 
that, that the mainstream isn't interested until things become mainstream. Um, and I think with the numbers we're now getting, um, um, do you think that, or have you seen an interest from the mainstream media in this? And is that something that, that, that we will see more of? And also as well, just slightly off to the side of mainstream as well, there's, there's definitely, how, how do we best use technology apps as well, Commute and Trailfox and other ones, do they do enough and things as well? So a bit of mainstream and a bit of new technology, Eva. Um, yeah, so um, there have been an increasing number of articles um, in uh, on on the mainstream. So far, slightly more generically aimed around cycling. So I've seen some, for example, really popular women's magazines have talked about the benefits of cycling. And one of the things they've said is, oh, you could go mountain biking or you could go road cycling. So this is coming up more and more. And, and yeah, I mean, because of the huge numbers, th that will grow. I think we will see more coverage. Um, and whether that's sort of more generic sort of adventure outdoors um, content sort of linked in with other articles of, of ways to experience the outdoors or whether you, you'll have you have specific articles looking at you know mountain biking I think that's going to be coming and it's going to come soon um, and sort of media coverage through other other channels as well um, with regards to sort of new technology and apps um, I think when we're, we're thinking of communicating with people, and, and this is something that Bridget's talked about, you, you kind of, um, you need to know who the people are, where they get, where they tend to get their information from. And then, but you also need to sort of, if we want to get an important message like this across, use as many different channels as possible, because the more people encounter that message in different ways, the more likely they are to take it on board. So um, absolutely, I think, I mean, there, we have all these guiding uh, maps like, um, Trail Forks and uh, Strava and Commute, and I think that yes, there's there's a question there about whether or not if you're if you're guiding someone towards these areas, you have responsibility to provide information about you know how to use those areas in a, in a better way. I think Commute have done a lot of associated content around that, so they tend to sort of describe a route, and I think that's something that could come into route descriptions. Um, but you've also got, I mean, if you're talking about ways people are enabled to visit these places, things like retailers, like if you buy a bike, and I know this only really works with new bikes, but if you've bought a mountain bike, surely some information at that point as well, like, okay, you've got a mountain bike, here's how to ride a mountain bike, not necessarily teaching people how to ride a mountain bike, but you know, here's what you need to do to have the best experience when riding a mountain bike. There's another point of entry there. Um, and then there's the... Um, you know, you, you could do interesting things with like literally app venues where you have QR codes that allow you to have a little visual pop up on here's your map. So you've got it with you. And here's some, you know, the five things you need to do to have the best experience at a trail center. And and I know it, it's it can be a little bit of a controversial one, but then using people who are maybe not your traditional users but are the people who represents the people who are now coming to those trail centers so influencers youtubers instagrammers there's a great example of um a chap on youtube called uh dad's lab who during lockdown got into cycling and he's been taking his kids out riding bikes and that that is a perfect direct route into what could be one of the key groups of people who are now discovering mountain biking and getting out there and riding bikes and then enjoying enjoying what we have to offer what we have to experience here that's great and, and um i guess bridget and maybe phil if he's still here oh there he is yep he's back um back in darker than ever um the um 
just I, I guess picking up on a couple of bits that, that you've said there as well, just around about um, do we work well enough to get those things integrated well enough, you know, good messages and how to use your mountain bike when you buy a bike as well. Could we work better? And and also, you know, when people visit trail centres, do they get that information easily and readily and, or could we improve that? as well so um uh, yeah do we work well enough at communicating at the centers with that probably more a full question and also bridget do we work well enough with the industry so that, that we can work together to promote good messages and ultimately grow our sport um i'll go bridget with the first bit and then phil with the with the trail center bit sorry mm. <laughs> not sure that i'm going to be able to contribute hugely because um yes uh, Nature Scott has a, a communications team that uh, are much more able uh, and aware of the multitude of communications methods and media. Um, but uh, I mean, I think that's it illustrates the value of the 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 setup that we have in Scotland in terms of the mm -hmm. multi-partner um, advisory group for developing mountain biking in Scotland. And um, the, um, the, yeah, the partners around that table, I, I have absolute confidence they are um, willing and I think able to, to reach further and deeper into the, yes, the, the retailers, um, the site managers, the, the plethora of ways that information, yeah, information about how, yeah, where to go when when um, you're in a particular area, uh, but also whilst you're doing that particular activity, key points to remember in terms of yeah leaving no trace and um, minimising the negatives. Great, uh, and Phil, at sites, do you think we could Im we could improve those messagings to people at sites or? Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I think um, you know all of this communication um, approach needs to always approach it from the user's perspective um, rather than um, the site manager who wants to tell folks stuff. Um, so we need to make sure that our messages are the things that people need to know and uh, will benefit from um, it, rather than, a, a, as I think you said earlier, Graham, you know, just, 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 just tell folks stuff. Um, so yeah, I think you know if we're, if we're thinking about trail centres, um, if folk have started out uh, in this this COVID time, sort of riding a bike locally, um, what are the next steps? Um, and I think the quality of the information on on routes, what's the right route for them? Um, how do we keep them safe? How do we make sure that they don't overstep themselves and um, think that there's suddenly a Danny McCaskill? Um, so yeah, I think the quality of 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 trail information at, at trail centres needs to be um, uh, increasingly targeted at new users and, and, and realising that this could be quite a foreign environment to them, make it easy for them to make the right choices for themselves uh, rather than the wrong choices. And we've been working on this for a number of years. So, I mean, this is not massively new. It's probably just, as I say, a, further focused our minds on, on the importance of those entry-level users. So somebody rocks up at any of our trail centers, is it easy for them to, is, first off, is there something suitable for them there? So have they gone to the right place? Um, so if they're starting to research where they should go, are they going to the right places? And once they've got there, is it easy for them to um, decide to take uh, the right decisions? So 
you know, making blue trails um, a attractive and sound attractive um, in 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 the way that we promote them, rather than making th people think that that to have a great great time they've got to start at red. Um, you know, that that's the sort of thing I think we need to focus on. And of course, some of the best trail centres, you know, have got some brilliant rides that that people at every level can experience at say the blue level. Um, and I think so. That that's 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 really important. Keeping people safe, making it easy for them to make the right decisions that are right for them at their level. And if they have a good time there, they'll keep coming back and they'll gradually progress. Um, so yeah, if they have a bad experience um, at, at their first outing to one of these places, um, you know, uh, we've got concerns obviously for safety, but also you know they're just not going to want to continue with the sport. So. Yeah, I think the whole of the mountain bike community has got a bit of a role to play there as well in, in helping new users and remembering that everybody, all of us started somewhere. So yeah. looking after each other, um, it's a very welcoming community, the mountain bike community. But let's just remember, you know, that, that, that a little helping hand or a bit of advice or help uh, from, from, from one of us uh, that have been around in the sport for a long time to, to new users can make a world of difference to people's uh, ongoing commitment. That's great. Um, thanks so much, folks. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm getting a lot from this conversation myself as well. It definitely sparked off thoughts as well. I really do think it's right. Well, you're right. I think for ourselves, still in Scotland, we'll have a responsibility to help educate people and help, help give good information, I think, rather than educate people is probably better. Give good information to people so that they can make good choices. Um, and, and I think you're right. I think we'll have a responsibility and I think everybody who's listening will have a responsibility as well is that I think what I was taking from this as well is that really being quite user-centred with that what are they looking for what do they need to get and also as well i really like kind of that, that idea that we need to go to where those people are as well what do they engage with what's the media they engage with what's the language they engage with and who influences them as well what are the influencers and that will be a real mixed bag and as things are as we digest media and in, in, in a more and more complex way we need to be able to to work across that complex landscape in a, in a really good and targeted way but that's going to take effort it's going to take coordination and it's going to take us all working together to do that but i, I think that having this discussion hopefully for for for, for attendees as, as well as myself um, and yourselves we've, we, we can find that this is a good starting place for this it sparked off thoughts uh, and we can take that moving forward so i just really like to thank you all for your time today hope you enjoy your lunch uh, which we've got coming up now um, and, and hopefully you enjoy the sessions in this afternoon um, and, and thanks once again thank you <laughs>